is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire, distributed and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in his own native language. And they were amazed and wondered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us in his own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pondus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyprus, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Peace be unto you, Arise, let us listen to the Holy Gospel. Peace be unto all. Reading is from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he proclaimed, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some of the people said, This is really the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over Jesus. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then went back to the chief priest and the Pharisees who said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers said, No man ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, 
Are you led astray, you also? Have any of the authorities or of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, who do not know the law, are accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus before and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search, and you will see that no prophet is to rise from Galilee. Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There is something strange and rather wonderful about our worship of God that we often overlook. So I want to take a chance this morning to point it out to you. In the middle of the liturgy, we proclaim the following. To the God, our Lord, you, we praise you, we thank you, we worship you in all places of your dominion. For you are God, ineffable, beyond comprehension, invisible, beyond understanding, existing forever and always the same. We no sooner finish saying that we can't express God then we turn around and fill our sanctuary with expressions of God. Kind of a paradox, isn't it? No sooner do we say that God cannot be spoken about than we speak, not only speak about him, but we sing about him and we pray, sing praises about him and we do all manners of verbal acts about God. How does that work? Can we say something about God or not? Well, on the one hand, we can't speak of God because God is beyond expression. His glory is beyond comprehension. Think of Moses ascending into the cloud on Mount Sinai. Think of the Lord being transfigured in glory on Mount Tabor, living and manifesting himself in light, unapproachable. That's our God and one way of understanding him. In our theology, we call that apophatic, simply means we can't speak about this glorious cloud 
of mystery and sanctity and holiness that no man can approach. No man can see God and live. That's only on one hand. Then we have the other hand. The hand that we should contemplate this morning because no sooner does the Holy Spirit descend on the apostles and disciples, then what happens? Words, 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 words everywhere. Fantastic words, new words, powerful words. No sooner does the Holy Spirit ascend that the apostles and the disciples can't stop talking about God. And their words are proclaimed to all the world, and God's glory goes out to the ends of the universe. What's the first thing we read about when we read about Pentecost? We read about tongues, tongues of fire. We read about words coming out that everyone can comprehend, no matter where they're from or what language they speak. What's the first thing that Peter does? He goes out and gives a sermon. Words, words, words everywhere. The world is filled with the word of God. That's the paradox. God cannot be expressed. He's so glorious. He lives in unapproachable light, in a cloud of glory. We can't speak about him adequately, and yet we are tempted to speak, 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 words, words, words about the glory and the acts of our God. It's quite a paradox. But it's a paradox at the essence and at the heart of our church. It's part of our theology. And one scholar of the New Testament pointed out that the newness of the event of the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, the events of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit were so great that a whole new way of talking had to be invented. A whole new way of writing had to be developed. Gospels and epistles, sermons, devotions, prayers. The newness of Christ meant a newness in the desire to speak about him. Now, that presents a particular challenge today because one way you can describe the world we're living in is that it is a tower of Babel. We are bombarded with all kinds of words. These words are idle. These words are deceptive. 
These words are dark. And they often drown out the voice of the newness of the declaration, of the proclamation of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. We have idle words. The term of art for that is gossip. Gossip. There is a whole industry built around gossip. Stand in line, the checkout counter of Lunds or Target, and you'll see a manifestation of an entire industry devoted to idle talk. Talk that promotes envy, narcissism, and self-glorification. And yet, listen to what the Lord said. I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Think about the next time that next time you're tempted to gossip express, quote-unquote, concern about the events in the lives of your friends and neighbors. Those idle words drown out the proclamation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then there are deceptive words as well. That's an entire industry. We call that marketing filled with the guile of people who want to sell you something. Buy the beer, get the girl. Buy the car, get the even better-looking girl. Playing on our passions, our lusts, our greed... Someone said the other day, talking about a survey that was done, who paid for the survey, she asked. That's the world we're living in, a world of deception, a world of hidden levers manipulating us. You get on Facebook, you think you're going to share your cute little doggy pictures, but really, you're just being mined. Your brain, your lust, your desires are being probed so they can be sold back to you in the form of some deceptive illusion. And that drowns out the proclamation of Jesus Christ. And then, finally, there are the dark words as well. The dark words that demean. The angry words that are pitting one part of our society against another. Dark and angry words 
Sticks and stones may break my bones. Well, I'd rather have a broken arm than a spirit broken by the demeaning way in which we talk about each other. Angry, foul language, the trolls, the expressions on the cable news, on Twitter, demeaning, debasing, slurs, slurring people and calling that an argument when they're really just dark and demeaning words that lower the level of our discourse and say something about what we are becoming as human beings. Idle, deceptive, and dark words drown out the words of glory, the words proclaimed on this day and throughout Christian history because there are Christians who are anxious to express, to proclaim, to teach the word of God. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The word of God proclaimed in a tongue of fire, proclaimed in the gospels, proclaimed in the letters, proclaimed in the biblical witness, the witness of the fathers and the saints to the glory of this inexpressible God who fills our hearts with the joy to express him. O heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who art everywhere and who fills all things, the treasury of blessings, the giver of life, come abide in us. Cleanse us from every impurity. Guard, guide our tongues and fill our hearts with the desire to proclaim our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ, that his word may go throughout the world and to the end of the universe. Amen.